No, being a Christian is hard. And don't let anyone for a second tell you otherwise. It's hard. Because when you're a Christian, God calls you to live by a different pattern, a different code. Believe it or not, God has his own opinions about what's right and wrong and more so about what is a better way to live in this world. And as a Christian, we're called to kind of see the world through his eyes and live by his code and pattern and way rather than the one that maybe we're immersed in, that we grew up in, that, we, that, that comes so naturally to us. I, I want to share a Bible passage with you that I really like, just kind of right off the bat here. It comes out of Isaiah, and it's just a good reminder to us in this. Check this out. God says this, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. It's really easy for me to think that God is a lot like me. You know, after all, we're made in his image, right? And so we, we kind of tend to focus on the similarities and, and, and the likenesses and the congruences between God, but there's something very fundamentally different about who God is. And because there's something very fundamentally different about who God is, there's also something very fundamentally different about God's way, God's way of operating and thinking and acting and living. And God calls us if we're to be followers of him to that way. And so it shouldn't come as a surprise to us if that in following a different way, it often puts us at odds with people that we live with and who are around us. If we find ourselves with a different code, a different way of practice, at odds with, with values and ideas of right and wrong and what's better and worse, and, and even at odds at times with the laws of a nation in which we live. God's code is something different. And that's going to make you different too. Welcome to the life of an expatriate. Now Sunday, we open the door on this term. And if it's one that you're unfamiliar with, I want to give you the definition here again. An expatriate is a person who lives outside their native country. We saw Jason on the video here just a minute ago, our student ministry pastor here at FOF. I shared this last week, but if you weren't with us, he's a great example of what it means to be an expatriate. He was born in New York, but from the age of two or three years old, he and his family lived in Hong Kong until he came back stateside at college. He's a citizen of this country and from this country, but he lived somewhere else. A expatriate is a person who lives outside their native country. And I want you to take that metaphor and use it as a way of understanding what a Christian is too. Because Jesus says a Christian is someone who is born from above. Someone who experiences a new birth from a different homeland and therefore with a different citizenship. Paul will write as a citizen of Rome that he sees himself as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. A Christian is this side of eternity. 
People living outside of the kingdom of God in a different place, but with loyalties and attachment and origins from that kingdom up there. And that will make you different. Because it means loyalty to a different way and a different leader, a different ruler, a different place. It means fundamental loyalty to a different code. And that will make you weird. Jesus sums this up, this different code, in an incredible way. He says this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your being. Now I hear this and you know what I do? I always like to kind of sum up Jesus. Do you do the same thing? Like Jesus sums something up and then I got to sum it up more. And what it kind of boils down to for me all the time is this, well, I'm supposed to love God, right? We focus on the idea. So I love God and I go, well, I love God and you kind of get on with it, right? But I'd like you to focus a little bit differently today because he doesn't just say love God. He says, love God with all. Love God with all, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your being. Have you ever loved anything or anything, anyone that way? Have you ever loved anyone with all? Like every last ounce of strength, every last ounce of being, every last calorie you could spare before you collapsed on the ground, you poured that out into love. I mean, it's exhausting, right? I'm going to submit to you, very few of us love anyone or anything that way. And those whom come close, we often love that way in sprints. That's not what Jesus says. He says, no, love God all of it, be consumed by him, wrapped up in him, be so devoted to him, drawn towards him that you are pouring out all your being in pursuit of this one that you love. And he says there's another command that's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then what Jesus does is he goes around teaching And what the New Testament does is it goes about explaining. And what the church has been in the business of for 2,000 years has been trying to figure it out, how to apply it in thousands of different contexts. How do we take that pursuit of love, that very different code and different way, and put it into practice in any given time or day? And what I'd like to do with you today is give you a sampling of this very different code. I'd like to set up a number of contrasts with you today. Ways that uh, people of, if I can use the phrase, of the world tend to live in contrast to the way that Jesus calls citizens of the kingdom to live. This is just kind of what I would say off the top of my head type of stuff this week. Thoughts that I was ruminating on it, just splattering. It's like a shotgun blast just going around. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know what I mean? But just some tastes, some samples or examples of what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom with obedience to the code. I don't know. Let me start here. Let's talk about Sundays. 
You know, Sunday morning for people of this world is precious time. It's time you get to sleep in. It's a time you get to have brunch with friends and family. It's a time you get to give yourself to sports or to the cabin or to getaways. Or it's a time to play catch up because the week has been busy and I can get to the house chores and the to-do lists and the errands that I couldn't quite get to at any other time. But you know, citizens of the kingdom live differently. They sacrifice Sundays. They give it up. It's weird. They gather in places like this when they could be doing other things to devote themselves to building community with other citizens of the kingdom and learning about what the kingdom of God is like and worshiping God and trying to put it into practice. Yeah, citizens of the kingdom, they, they live differently. How about this? I was thinking about money. People of this world, they, they see money as a tool to make their life better, to make their life easier, to get things that they want that they think will make them happy. And oftentimes do make them happy. They see it as a tool to buy security, to ensure comfort, to gain status, to protect their freedom and independence. They see it as something to get, to use for me. Citizens of the kingdom, they live differently. They see money as a tool to make the world better. To bless other people. To see that God's will is done in a certain time, in a certain place. I was thinking about this. People of this world, they guard their feelings. they, they, They guard what they truly think, what they're truly going through. They protect it. They bury it in there and put it behind a number of walls and masks and shields and don't really let people see what's in there. I'm not talking about their opinions. No, there's plenty of people in this world who are happy to share what they think at any given time and place. No, I'm talking about the vulnerable things. The things that maybe they're embarrassed of, the things that they feel weak in, the things that they're even ashamed of, the things that they regret, the things that they think might invite ridicule or judgment. People of this world, they like to kind of hide those things and keep them down deep where no one can really see them, living instead behind a series of personas and images, masks. But citizens of the kingdom, they live differently. They take the most vulnerable things and they put them out there. They take things that were in the darkness and bring them into the light, admitting them and confessing them and saying, yeah, that's me. And I did that. And I'm not proud of it. And I would do it differently. But I know that Jesus loves me and has redeemed me. And I want to seek to do it better today. People of the kingdom are honest about what they think and what they feel, even if it invites a laugh or a snicker, even if it gets a weird glance or may cost them, 
They seek to live honestly and integrated with who they truly are. I was thinking about this. People of this world, they meet someone. They're attracted to them. They fall in love. Or they at least want them. And so they sleep with them. And eventually move in with them. And enjoy them. Until they find someone else. Citizens of kingdom, they live differently. They meet someone. They're attracted to them. They fall in love with them, or at least want them. But they choose to honor them, and they control themselves. They discipline their body and their appetites, and they deny themselves until they swear themselves to that person publicly and on oath saying, I am by you and with you in this through thick and thin, even when I don't want you anymore. Yeah, citizens live differently. People of this world, people of this world cry for justice. They want their due. They want what they deserve. And they want vindication when other people keep them from it and take it from them. They want revenge or vengeance, if you like that term better. And they want to see others who have caused injustice get their due. Citizens of the kingdom, they live differently. When they're hit on the right side of their face, they turn and show their left side and allow themselves to be wounded again. When someone takes from them something, they give them more. When someone forces them to do something, they go the second mile. They seek to pray for their enemies and those who cause injustice in the world and even seek to bless them, choosing mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation over vindication. People of this kingdom, people of this kingdom live differently. I was thinking about this. People of this world, they hate Trump or Obama or Bernie Sanders or whoever. They delight in seeing them be made fools of. They nitpick every weakness and character flaw within them. They gossip and only spread negative about them, seeking to ruin their reputation more and hoping to see them dragged down. Citizens of the kingdom, they live differently. They pray for their rulers, even the ones they don't like. And they seek to honor them. Even Paul said this about Nero, 
who used to take Christians and dip them in pitch and light them on fire to light his dinner parties and would say things like, that person is an instrument of the kingdom of God. Seeking to pray them and honor them and make them better and fight for their salvation and betterment at all costs. Yeah, citizens of the kingdom, they live far differently. I think about relationships. People of this world, they often use relationships as a means to an end. That a relationship with you is based on what I can gain from it, a happiness, a position, or something that you have that I want, be it reputation or something tangible or an opportunity or position. Now, people of the kingdom, though, they live differently. Citizens of God's kingdom, they seek to bless other people and elevate them and bring joy into their life simply to bring joy into their life to see them thrive, whether there is anything in it for me or not. I think a church. People of this world, they come to church. They come to get inspired. They come to get something to make their life better. They come to find something to help them get through life for maybe even just the week. Citizens of the kingdom, they live differently. They come to places like this to worship God. Regardless if they get anything out of it or not, regardless if they like it any given Sunday or not, regardless if it's according to their preferences. They come to worship God and to give him devotion. They come to learn how to make his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And this is just a taste of what I mean. We're just scratching the surface. This is tip of the iceberg kind of stuff of the different kind of code that comes from the kingdom of God. Can I ask, are you tired yet? It can feel exhausting, but we're just getting going. Make no mistake, God's way is something very different than what we are so accustomed to in any given time and place. Some observations. Well, let's start here. This different code, you know, this kingdom code, it's not sexy. Have you found this, that our romanticized, idealized notions of things rarely are quite so romantic in reality? War is not exciting. Marriage is filled with struggle. Living in relationships will require compromise. And following Jesus is hard. And so it shouldn't surprise us if when we seek to follow this code, instead of being inspiring and filling us with joy and excitement, we find ourselves going, this is hard, dreadful stuff. Number two, 
People who claim to be citizens of the kingdom. That is, people I have found who claim and call themselves Christian are rarely different than people of this world. Did you find yourself, as I was reading the list, kind of finding yourself more on the people of the world side and gravitating more towards that than the citizen of the kingdom of God's side? And did you find, as I was saying the list, there was things that were getting you mad and that you didn't like and you didn't like me? That it was kind of, kind of up within you, you know what I mean? Well, it shouldn't be a surprise. We're people of this world. Brought up in it and saturated on it. It gets into us. It's like a pig farmer. You can't get the stink out of you. You know what I mean? We're absorbed in it. It's in our pores. It shouldn't be a surprise when we don't look that different. But God still calls us to live differently. This is why Paul will write this. And I want to show you this passage here today. Did you check this out from last week yet? Where he says, test yourselves. Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. Give yourself faith checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. And this last line, my gosh, if you fail the test, which implies something, doesn't it? That you can, in fact, fail the test. That you may think you're a Christian and find out you actually are not. That you may think you are in Christ and a citizen of the kingdom and find out that you actually are not. Is there anything more important to find out than that? So test yourselves, he says. Don't base it on your feelings. Examine yourself and look. And if you fail the test, I love this last line, do something about it. Don't stay that way. And observation number three. It shouldn't be a surprise to us as we seek to live by this different code if at times it feels rote, like we're jumping through a hoop, like we're checking off a to-do list and just dragging ourselves through it as a burden. And it will feel that way sometimes. But here's the irony of it. I think of what Jesus said where he goes, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle in heart and humble in soul, and you will find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know what he's referring to there when he talks about his yoke and his burden? Because I assure you this, he's not talking about plowing a field by hand. What he's talking about is his body of teaching. 
his instruction, his way of doing life in this world, his code from the, citizen, uh, his code from the kingdom of God. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Have you ever had these moments where you kind of wanted to have that princess bride moment with, with Jesus going, why do you keep using those words? I don't think they mean what you think they mean. You know what I mean? Have you ever had these moments where you're just like, are you kidding me? And it begs the question, in times like that, what's wrong? What's missing? The scriptures speak into this. And I'll tell you what it is. The spirit. The spirit of God who is meant to live in you. Because a citizen of the kingdom of heaven doesn't do these things because they have to. They don't do these things to get entry into the kingdom. They don't do these things so they can go to heaven. They don't do these things to get God to like them. They don't do these things so God will look favorably upon them. They don't do these things to try to earn something. No, a citizen of the kingdom, they do these things because they want to. Because when the spirit of God is alive within you, you want to. I want to show you another passage here this morning. And I'm going to give it to you in the NIV. But as I put it on the screen in one version, I'm going to read it to you from the message, which I think will bring some nuances out as you smash the two together. Here's what Paul will write. And let me read it to you here today. My counsel is this, he says. If you're translating, so I say. Live freely. Animated and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These two ways of life are antithetical, so that you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit? And so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence. Isn't that awesome? I like how the NIV puts it, though, too. That we have these two sides of us that seem in conflict with each other. So that you do not do whatever you want. And might I add, at times you don't even know what you want. Do you ever feel spiritually schizophrenic? Spiritually bipolar, where it's like you're at war in conflict with yourself and what they want is competing. There's this other passage I want to read to you today. It, it, it comes from the book of Romans. It's this like amazing first century psychological think piece on this 
issue. Just see if you identify with this today. Look at what Paul says about himself. He goes, I do not understand what I do. I don't even know if I need to read anymore, right? (laughs) I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Can we say the word do anymore? So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil's right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. And look at how he ends this. What a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Have you ever felt like that? Oh God, what am I? What a wretch. Welcome to the life of an expatriate. Because as an expatriate, God has said something about you. That you are born a second time. From a new place, with a new citizenship. You are born from above. And yet, that which you are born into remains, and you find yourself at conflict, not even knowing what you want. And I think when many people hear a passage like this, read a passage like this, maybe as you heard it here today, we tend to focus on the sin side of things. The one doing this, right? I want you to focus a little bit differently today and not let this be missed. I want you to focus on how much Paul said, despite the struggles he has with himself, how much he wants and delights in God's way. He might not do it. He might fall short. He might make a mess of it. He might have to battle against himself before it again and again and again, but he wants it that way. No, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven doesn't do these things, doesn't follow a different code to get in good with God. He or she does it because God's spirit's alive in him. And there's that part of him. Even if not in the instant, even if not in every moment, that fundamentally wants a different code, a different way. And if you take anything away from this today, I hope what you're hearing is that being an expatriate 
of the kingdom of God is hard. But it's worth it. It is worth it every step of the way. That God, who pours out his spirit freely, invites you to drink it in. That God, who loves you right where you are, whatever your citizenship, invites you to his kingdom and its way. Make no mistake, it will be tough. It will make you different. It will make you weird. But it's better by far. God says it's worth it. Every step of the way, I want to leave you with one more verse. It heads off the songbook of the Bible. And listen to what it says. Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he yeah, meditates on it. Day and night.